the Guiding Voice podcast series. The Guiding Voice for a Better Future. Folks, I am your host Navin Samala, just a fellow IT professional on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Through the Guiding Voice, we drive conversations that matter, conversations that add value to your life and career. Successful leaders across the globe share their knowledge and wisdom with the world, and our audience will acquire more knowledge by tuning into our podcast for every minute than any other podcast in this space. Thank you so much for joining me guys. In today's episode let us chat with Will Hare on an engineering approach to marketing agencies and we are extremely pleased to have Will part of our journey. Will hearty welcome to the Guiding Voice and it's so pleasure having you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and uh, hanging out in the green room. I get to know your staff and everybody. So everybody, great crew and I'm excited to uh, chat with you and and talk a little bit about my journey in uh, entrepreneurship and running an agency. Absolutely. I I get uh, supercharged by talking to entrepreneurs like you and so is the case with my audience as well. So let's uh, get started without further ado. And Will, I'm super interested to understand your career background. Like how did it all start? Maybe we'll start with that first. Absolutely. And we you know with these questions you never know how far to go back. It's like, you know, when I was in 5th grade I thought, but don't worry, I won't bore your audience to go that much in depth. But I do have a a, a different background and and why your podcast is titled an engineering approach to marketing agency is my background is kind of engineering. So when I graduated high school, I joined the United States Navy uh, right out of school and I I spent 5 years um as an electrician mate on ships. I left with my electrician's license and I went into the power industry thinking that I was going to be a power plant manager and eventually, you know, grow into a director role or whatever that uh might be. And that actually led me to go to school and what a lot of people don't know at least at the time I don't know if it's changed but Quinnipiac University in the state of Connecticut as well as Texas had something called the yellow ribbon program for veterans. And what it allowed me to do is to go to a top 50 business school, Quinnipiac University, and go essentially for free because of my time and service. I got a really top level education. I'm the second person in my family to have a bachelor's degree. Uh, a lot of what we do, although my father was entrepreneurial, he was blue collar, he ran his own uh elevator company. And you know, the fast forward a few years, I I went to Quinnipiac. I ended up majoring in entrepreneurship. Did that for 5 years and then I left a very comfortable six-figure job in the power industry to go make 10 bucks an hour in a startup being a marketing person. And uh it was the best decision I've ever made. If anybody's ever wondering, follow your passions no matter how it works out, it will work out. And um working in the uh at the marketing agency I just started learning about marketing marketing sales uh different aspects of marketing and I got really into advertising and as I journeyed through different experiences in the marketing field I you know like anybody else I was like I could do this better myself and that you know in 2018 that's what led me to start uh Bellavix which is a marketplace management company for consumer brands and we specifically help them scale on marketplaces like Amazon and Walmart and we've been truly blessed to do that you know it started out with me and my co-founder and now we're 15 full-time employees we've worked with some massive brands like Instant Pot, Corel, uh Corningware, Pyrex, Dermae, Think, Howard Hound so uh truly blessed to to even you know to be able to say we've had partnerships with some of these brands so 
it's been a uh, it's been a journey as life should be. Uh, but I'm I'm incredibly grateful for all the opportunities um, that have been presented to me, uh, and that and that's a bit about me. Quite an illustrious journey, and uh, one thing yeah. that uh, it is a common thing is even my family, my siblings, right? We are the first gen uh, graduates in the entire family, of course, and first gen postgraduates as well. That is what um, is a common point. And yeah, and it's amazing too. Like uh, the the fact that every generation gets better. So it's yeah. uh, you know creme de la creme. It's sweet. Absolutely. <laughs> now, now uh, can you share the top three things that have helped you to be successful in your professional life so far? Uh, absolutely. So first thing, undying optimism. If you guys haven't got it, I'm a hard guy to knock off and to get really negative. But uh, uh, optimism is not only core value at Bellavix, but it's something I have embodied most of my life. And it's the, you know, it's to be able to take failure and rejection over and over and over again, and be able to kind of uh, move on to the next project with equal enthusiasm. And that's something uh, I've been able to do really well because the journey of entrepreneurship is not easy. And I've bounced around to different opportunities and aspects and learned a lot. So it's important to stay positive. And generally, people like to be around positive people. So you, you tend to attract what you put out there. The other thing, and, and I love this, so there's like this thought out there that it's like um, you should work on your weaknesses. It's like whatever you're really weak at, you should go focus on that. And I actually take a different approach is I, I think whatever your superpower is, double down. Be great at that and hire somebody who's better at your weaknesses. If you met my co-founder, we're polar opposites. She's an operator. She does a lot of systems and processing. She hates talking to people. If it was up to her, you know, lock her in her cubicle, put on some good music and leave her alone. And me, I get energy. I need to talk to people. So, you know, for, to put somebody like me in a role of accounting or something along those lines, no matter how hard I try, I might be able to move the needle of how good I could be by 5%. But if you put me in a situation of sales, marketing, podcasts, webinars all day, I get energy from it. I'll come up with great ideas and I, I have more more movement into the right direction. So that would be my advice number two. And advice number three, which I got <laughs> I got a few years ago, so it took me a while to actually get this, but uh, hire a coach. Find somebody. I found our coach from talking to other agency members, and I essentially found a coach who runs a business like five times bigger than we are, but he's in the same, he's in the same niche. And it's more important is to pay for the coach. Uh, when I was on the call with the other agency owners, I'll never forget it. I had a business coach I got through the entrepreneurial organization, I think it's the EO, and I met him at an event. Um, and he was just giving me some free advice. And, you know, it was great. He he helped out tremendously, especially early on when we didn't really have budgets to do these types of things. Um, but I'll never forget when I was on the call with just a whole bunch of my peers, other agency owners, and we were talking about coaching and traction, which I'm sure we'll talk about. It's a, a very influential book on a lot of agency owners. And I never forget that I'm like, do you have a coach? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, do you pay for a coach? And they're like, absolutely. Why would you not? You know, what? Why would you expect good quality from somebody who's not invested in you? Um, so that was a biggest takeaway. And I'll say when we brought on our coach, it's kind of when we supercharged as a business. We got things a lot more organized. We bettered our process. He stopped us from stepping into a couple pitfalls that he stepped into when he was a younger agency owner. So across the board, uh, tip number three, get a business coach. Wonderful. So undying optimism and then talk, working more on the strengths 
and uh, the point uh, which caught my attention is we need to work with somebody who complements our skills rather than who match our skills right yeah that's a wonderful point and most importantly hiring a coach yeah this comes as a major point out of ma- uh, many of my conversations and all and definitely i recommend every one of my audience just try to find a coach or a mentor guys having a coach that, <laughs> that that's that's that would be a game changer for your life and as will said right it is going to you're going to appreciate your decision in future right yeah. all right and there's all types of coaches doesn't have to be business uh, yeah. i have a coach that has like a, a meditation coach so yeah. there's niches for everything <laughs> all right so will uh, now can you share uh, some of the toughest le- lessons that you have learned out of your entrepreneurial journey beautiful and it kind of actually what my first one's going to tie into your previous question but uh you know w- one of the i think the the biggest and toughest lessons is like you will do things you don't like to do uh and in my case especially early on in the business i i did the accounting uh i did you know hiring and firing and and all that other stuff so i think that the toughest lesson is just to be aware of like while there's a lot of freedom that comes with entrepreneurship and doing what you want to do you know heavy is the head that wears the crown like you still have to think of the the life of the business and make decisions that's best for in my case Bellavix and that that was a hard lesson um cuz you hire people you like we learn not to hire family and stuff like that don't hire friends cuz then you uh, we i fired all of them you know what i mean cuz they just they weren't a game and that is a really you know firing cousins and brothers and stuff is a very difficult conversation but you have to do what's best for your business cuz you know that's what represents your clients you know at the end of the day they're hiring you to deliver uh, a certain quality of service and that, and that was that was tough i'm, I'm not even going to beat around the bush that was tough <laughs> other thing is don't take people for the word so uh, you know people can be honest but the one thing i keep in mind is like people always act in their best self interest it's just how we're wired we're generally not going to do something that's going to hurt us Um and so what I learned is um you know there were several occasions where I started working with an agency or a business under the context of like we're going to give you equity we're going to give you stock options market share and I took them at their word I'm optimistic and generally I try to see the good in people and I got screwed over <laughs> several times so I'm a, sometimes I'm a tough learner I could be stubborn I have learned now and my advice would be just get things in writing like if somebody's making you a promise then they should be able to put it in writing and it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Um and that was a lesson I learned early on when I initially uh left the power industry and started working with these other agency owners and businesses as an entrepreneur. Um there was a lot of promises going on, but when it came time to actually execute, they started backpedaling. And once you commit to something, once I left my job and I'm already working there, I got no leg to stand on, you know, this you know, it's just his word and my word at this point. So that was really difficult and the last thing uh is find something you love and be great at it like it doesn't matter what you are my parents told me when i was little you can never make money playing video games and there's 13 year olds winning millions of dollars hustling madden and other games so i'd say you know you spend most of your life at work so it's important that you just love what you do and also inside that context so like getting a little more granular with it 
be great at it, love what you do, but don't do everything. So like when I first started the agency, as an example, we're hungry, man. I'm trying to find work. I got I got a family to feed. You're doing what you got to do. So we would get these businesses that would come in for marketplace management, which is great. But then they want us to do their social media. We don't really know how to do social media, but we said yes. Then they wanted us to do their Google. We don't really know how to do Google, but yeah, we'll do that too. And then they wanted us to do something else crazy. We're like, sure, why not? And there, we're not charging properly, uh, so we're in the hole in terms of profitability. Uh, we are delivering poor quality service because, frankly, we don't know what we're doing. We're strong at marketplaces. We're not strong at these other aspects. Um, and then we end up losing those clients anyway because they're going to go find somebody who does it better. So what I've learned is just be confident in what you do. Double down. And if you don't do it, it's okay. Just say no. We don't do that. You can find somebody else, and then that's it. So those would be my uh, my three pitfalls that hopefully your audience can learn from. Absolutely, yeah. I again uh, uh, concur with you in terms of working with cousins or the close family members and all. So one advice from my side is we have to treat like anybody else, like outside yeah. our family, and because I have closely observed certain people who are really good at managing this in terms of uh, keeping relations outside the cabin. Right, uh, yeah. <laughs> park parking relations like and titles outside the cabin, and yeah, talk to me just like anybody else. Then probably yeah. will not run into any problems in the long run. But yeah, great, great uh, conversation so far. And, you, let, and yeah. you're killing it too, because to your point too, nepotism. So not only does that person get special treatment, right. but what's the message you're sending to your other employees, Absolutely. and that that will hurt your business. Yeah, yeah. All right. So moving to the next one, you hire and work on the business instead of in the business. So this really grabbed my eyeballs. <laughs> Can you explain more? Oh, yeah. So, so it's a journey. You know, to be honest with you, at, when we started the company, I have worked, me and my co-founder and I have worked in every single role in the company. And it's, it's natural when you start something like uh, the agency in its infancy days, we were glorified consultants. I mean, really, we we did everything. We didn't have anything processed. It was just like uh, very reactive, but you don't know. You know, you're know, you starting something new. You know, you have a little pretense because you've worked in the agency life, but you're working with a lot of small businesses generally when you get started. And so in the long run, what we found is um, you know, really basic. And I'll, I'll go into this when we talk a bit about some of the books um, that I recommend, but it's, it's being able to process something. So what we found out is like you get burnt out after a while. You're like, I, I don't want to do this. I'm just you know, um, uh, it's less security and I'm doing the same thing I could be doing working at another agency. And so what we learned, it's like, okay, we found that this process works really good. And we found that this specific piece of content delivered well, gets a really good uh, reaction from our clients. And then we're able to kind of act on it and build accordingly. Um, and so what we started doing really early on, reading Clockwork by Michael Michalowicz, as well as Traction by Gina Wickman, uh, is we learned the importance of just processing things out taking a complicated process, breaking it into its smallest components, doing SOPs, like we we do written standard operating procedures, got that from the Navy, but it's applicable to uh, almost every aspect of, of business or, or engineering or anything else you do. And then being able to hire somebody, train them to do it, and then hold them accountable for the results. It's okay if this SOP morphs over time because the systems change, process change, technology changes and market changes, like we're in an evolving system. Um, but it's important to have that infrastructure in place, give somebody the training and then let them kind of run with it and then make sure you're checking and that things are accountable. 
not so much that they're adhering to the process, but that they're delivering uh, the results. When it comes down to the process on our end, we're looking at hours invested because we're in human services. So a lot of it's, you know, how efficient are we being? So we may give somebody free reign to run something, but if they're going to take two to three times longer than what it takes in our process, we're going to rein that person in. We're going to explain what the difference is. But each of those steps has evolved us into moving into these different positions. So really early on, you know, it's it's linear. It's you, your co-founder, and you're doing whatever you got to do. Then you hire some people, and it's you, your co-founder, and a few helpers. And then it gets bigger, and now it's departmental, HR, sales, marketing, operations, accounting, finance. You have the department heads. That's that's the point. And then things start grouping under there, and you can hear how things get more complicated. And generally, you don't start there unless you're like private equity and you have a bunch of money uh, already invested in the business. So uh, what I'd say is like how to process it, what it's like to work in the biz- uh, on the business instead of in the business is putting the infrastructure in place for team members to take over. And there's a, a, a book, I can't think of the guy's name, but he uh, he's, he's a, a very popular uh, author in the uh, entrepreneurial industry, but he has this concept of like turtle on a post. How does a turtle get on a fence post? A turtle has a shell, a turtle can't climb. How did it get up there? It needed a team to lift them there. And that's what that concept is, is building the infrastructure, empowering people and allowing them to lift you to that next level. That Bellavix is bigger than me at this point. And it's because of this journey that got us there. That, that's quite <laughs> fascinating. And now let's uh, dive deep into these two books that have influenced. Okay, now uh, maybe we'll start with the traction, right? So how, what did you learn from this book and how are you implementing? And I, I repeat, uh, the name of the book is Traction by uh, Gino, Gino Wickman. Wickman. Gino Wickman, yep. right? Yeah. So he's responsible for the entrepreneur operating system. If you're in the uh, EO network or any entrepreneur group, they're probably doing some adaptation of traction. It is really popular. So if you're running a business, it's 300 pages. It's well worth it. But more importantly, so a couple things we took from traction early on, uh, we focused on our brand messaging. So we were in the marketplaces, but we didn't really have a clear identity of who our ideal customer was. By the time we started implementing traction a few years ago, you know, we we had enough customers to kind of understand like we want to work with more businesses like this. Please keep businesses like this away from us. We're not interested in working with them. We're not a good fit. So the first big piece is like, who's your ideal client? What's the messaging? How are you attracting them? Identifying that audience and kind of building a little bit uh, of a backstory around that. Uh, the second aspect is like accountability and metrics with inside systems. So systemizing things is a big part of it. Uh, in both books, um, I reference, you know, systemization is how you process and scale your business. There's no way around it. Uh, Gino Wickman came up with this concept of rocks. We actually apply it to our clients' accounts as well as to what we do. And so on top of your, and every team member should participate in this, generally department heads as you get bigger. But early on, we had everybody uh, play play rocks with us essentially, but our rock conceptually is like we have uh, our year goal. Our year goal is to you know process a bunch of stuff and you know hit a new sales target, for example. And so you'll take that goal and break it into ninety day chunks, and then within those chunks, you're you're working towards that goal and you're just you're chiseling away at this bigger rock until you get it to it's a manageable size. And by the time that rock's done, you've solved this big issue that's impeding your business to get to the next level. 
then you jump onto the next rock. And if you have trouble identifying, like, what should I be focused on? What is the biggest problem in my business? Uh, you'll run through the problem star, which is uh, referenced in the book. So you're able to identify this is a problem. 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 How are they all connected? And what's the one problem that is causing that would allow for these other problems to be less of a problem? And when you go through that exercise, like I can't tell you how many times we went to a meeting and we're like recruiting or sales or like this is the issue. Then we do the problem star and it's like we need better job descriptions. Who knew it was that easy? And then we would work on it. So that that was the biggest thing. And then with Traction and the Entrepreneur Operating System, we have a coach helping us implement it. Uh, there are self-implementers. And I, you know, there's ranges of success. There's YouTube videos you can look into it. Myself and other user groups I'm a part of, the businesses that are able to implement this really well, they hire a coach who's done it and the coach walks them through it. So um, that's a bit about Traction. Wow, quite interesting. I'm I'm going to definitely <laughs> read that book. Now let's talk about the second one. And I had hard time pronouncing it, but I'll give it a try. Michael Mikalovics. <laughs> that, uh, that sounds right to me. We're ah. I've, been, I've been butchering his name since uh, forever and I only read it on the cover of books. So uh, Mikhail, Mik- Mikalowicz, let's go with that. <laughs> right, yeah. Mikalovics, uh, yeah. His, his book name is Clockwork. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So he has, he has yeah. several books, by the way. So I've read Clockwork. If you're reading in them in order, Pumpkin Plan is number one. Profit First is number two. Clockwork is number three. And I'll break it down. I happen to be a big Michael fan. He writes these killer books. But uh, from Pumpkin Plan, Pumpkin Plan as a concept is the focus on what's what's your thing. So Pumpkin Plan is like, how do you grow the biggest pumpkin? You, you focus all your efforts on the one pumpkin. And when these other ideas come up, these smaller pumpkins, you don't get distracted. You cut them off and you allow it all the nutrients to focus to that one pumpkin. So that one pumpkin becomes a super large pumpkin. And that's the concept of, of the pumpkin plan. Profit first is looking at profitability of your business and then how to finance it properly so that you're not using debt. And then the third piece of this, you can see how it all plays together is clockwork processing bits and pieces of your business so that you could step out of it other people could step in and you could elevate yourself to that next level of what needs to happen inside the business so i'm recommending clockwork because that's a book that we use religiously and we tie it back to traction but all three books are powerful books and anybody who's an entrepreneur and kind of into these things uh, i recommend just reading all of these books so, so how are you using their systems to frame your systems at uh, Bellavix? Yeah, so everything is systemized. So, you know, uh, the way we have learned to do it is uh, even as we launch new things, it's like um, you can't micromanage everybody and it takes a tremendous amount of time. And, and where we're at now, it's like I can no longer step back into the, the system to go in to help team members figure out certain things. Um, so it's important that as new ideas come around, you test them and you don't get too crazy. But when you find something that works, like um, we're rolling out an influencer marketing program as something we do for the brands we work with, weren't sure if it was going to take, pitch the beta to a couple clients. They're like, sure, let's dance. We got a couple really good successful case studies out of it. So we're like, okay, this can be a service. So where we're at now with that is like, okay. Now we need to systemize this. So my director at the moment is going in and he's figured out all the different components that need to go in. What are the resources involved? And then what are the processes at each phase? So 
What is it like when we onboard somebody? What is it like when we communicate with that person? What does the reporting look like? What are the deliverable looks like? What are the KPIs we should be talking about? Because if you're in the marketing world, bottom of the funnel, conversion rate, sales, pretty easy. But top of the funnel, impressions, click-through, general awareness, new to brand sales. So you, you know, being able to position your, your product like that, it helps. So the process of each of that, so that when we do onboard the next person and we're charging what we think we should be charging for that, it's a consistent experience. Uh, we can expect a certain outcome. Uh, and we can deliver confidently what we said we would deliver. And that, you know, in a nutshell, that's how we process everything from, from the start to where we're at now. Wow, that, that's amazing. And uh, NHTIC conversation so far, uh, <laughs> Will, I, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Let us further energize it okay, and <laughs> supercharge our audience with a quick rapid. I like it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me fire the first bullet. What was your childhood fantasy, Will? Uh, probably like everybody, I grew up in the Michael Jordan era. So uh, being a <laughs> professional basketball player, obviously being five foot ten and Caucasian, that wasn't in the cards for me. But uh, I still think about what it would be like if I could hit that three throw or slam dunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving to the next one. Uh, what is the best piece of advice that you've received so far? Uh, embrace change. Uh, and it's absolutely true. Uh, everything changes. So just kind of rolling with it and being open to change and not getting not getting stuck in place. In, in fact, that is essential and much more essential in today's world, right? <laughs> Amen to that. Change is so fast. <laughs> yeah. So can you describe yourself in one word? Optimistic. And what what has been a worst decision in your life so far? Uh, I had trouble with this. So I would say uh, I, I, I don't have a worst decision, to be honest with you. I, I try not to dwell on negativity. So I would say uh, I just don't let negativity <laughs> define me. So. That's awesome. All right. So last one. Uh, what is one fantasy gadget that you'd like to see or invent yourself? Uh, teleporter. I would love to just be able to tell. I would love to do this interview in India with you and just Star Trek myself over there. Give you a high five, give this a person, and then go back home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish to see that technology as well. So it's a case with almost 80 to 90% of the guests on TGV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fantastic rapid fire, Will. And now let me flip back to the mainstream. And before I let you go, one final question for today's conversation. What will be your biggest piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers beautiful so i i kind of tuned this down to anybody in the marketing field uh but it can be applied across the board so in marketing there's something called the t concept and uh, what it means is getting really good at two specific niches inside the marketing industry for me it was seo and advertising dove deep i really enjoyed it and i was able to be great at it and and the riches are in niches so whether you're an it professional accounting or anything else Find those two areas of that specific niche that you love, dive deep, and be great at it. Wow. Riches are in the niches. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Will. I thoroughly enjoyed every bit of it and I loved your energy. I'm sure my audience would have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. Thanks again for being part of the journey. Really appreciate you taking your time. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me and thanks everybody for listening. All right. So, folks, before we move into the trivia section, here is a request to you. In case if you haven't subscribed to us, please subscribe from the app where you have tuned in from. Also, 
If you have loved this NHT conversation and found the episode useful, request you to share with at least three of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from the guiding voice. All right. Now let's hop into the trivia segment of today's episode. So today we spoke to an NHT entrepreneur, Will Hare. Right. So I would like to talk about Soichiro Honda. So Soichiro Honda, in case if you are not aware, he's a founder of Honda. And before founding his automotive company, Soichiro actually applied to for an engineer position at Toyota Motor Corporation. And he stayed unemployed for a long time before starting his own business. So likewise, at times, rejections happen and we have to wait patiently. Later on, miracles follow. Right? This is the case with many of the successful entrepreneurs across the globe. So just be patient and some miracle will come. Don't ever, ever think about the rejections. Alright, so that's all for today. Thank you so much for joining me. And folks, if you have any topic recommendations or guest speaker suggestions, do reach out to me through social media. Just search for Navin Samala on any social media platforms and you can reach me there. Or email me at theguidingvoiceforyou at gmail.com. Alright, so I'm your host Navin Samala, just a fellow IT professional and a passionate learner on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Until next time, bye-bye. See you all in the next episode with another wonderful guest. Thank you.